Can you keep track of all the wildfires burning in the U.S.? Because I can't. And what did the U.N. General Assembly just declare as a human right? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckersphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Tuesday, August 2nd. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with some extreme weather events. Heavy rains last Wednesday led to flash floods and landslides in 21 of Iran's 31 provinces. These extreme weather events killed 53 people and damaged hundreds of structures. At least 16 people are still missing. The flooding was the deadliest water-based event to occur in the country for over a decade. Rains continued until yesterday. This was supposed to be the dry season in the Middle East right now. I think I wrongly said last week that this was the monsoon season there, but I think it's supposed to be the dry season. The area is usually in a drought, leading to a higher risk of flash floods and landslides as the ground is less stable. Meanwhile, the Mediterranean Sea is going through a heat wave just like the bordering countries. The heat wave on land started wildfires and has killed over a thousand people. This marine heat wave could ravage ecosystems and kill off several species over the next several weeks. Waters between Spain's Balearic Islands and the Italian coast were up to 5 degrees Celsius warmer on Friday than that same time last year, according to Spain's AMET weather agency. The waters will continue to be 2 to 4 degrees Celsius warmer than average until mid-August. For context, the water is usually around 24 to 26 degrees Celsius around this time of year. That's pretty warm. Marine species are more sensitive to temperature changes than creatures on land, similar to how sensitive humans are to changes in blood temperature. Let's head over to the U.S. now to talk about a few wildfires that were not on my radar. Two wildfires broke out of North Texas on July 18th. The Texas fire chief said that the Possum Kingdom Lake Fire, which had burned 80 acres or 32.4 hectares, was caused by sunlight magnified by glass bottles. It's disturbing that that's all it takes. But Texas has been going through a heat wave with temperatures over 100 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.8 degrees Celsius for multiple days on end. It's also been dry and windy, which is a bad combo. I think that one is fully contained. The Chalk Mountain Fire that also ignited that same day, though the cause of that one is unknown, has destroyed 16 homes and damaged five more. I think that one is mostly contained now. Now for a new ongoing fire, we have to look to Nebraska. A wildfire sparked late Sunday, and two small towns and some livestock have had to evacuate. Some 1,000 acres, or 405 hectares, have burned so far. There's also a fast-moving fire near the Oregon-California border called the McKinley Fire that broke out on Friday and has already forced 2,000 people to evacuate as it scorches over 51 acres, or 20,640 hectares. It was 0% contained as of Sunday. California has been in a drought for more than two decades, and the western U.S. is currently in the worst drought it's seen in 1,200 years. Meanwhile, it looks like the Oak Fire near Yosemite National Park, which is California's largest wildfire so far this year, will likely be contained this week, according to firefighters. And then there's the Elmo Fire in Montana, which nearly tripled in size to more than 11 square miles or 28 square kilometers, and the Moose Fire in Idaho's Salmon Chalice National Forest that has forced some local residents to evacuate. That one has grown to 67.5 square miles or 174.8 square kilometers. 
Related to this topic, the House of Representatives just narrowly passed a firefighting package that combines 48 bills. It includes making wildland firefighting pay comparable with other firefighters in their state and expanding proactive clearing and preventative burns by the Forest Service. This is very much needed with how many wildfires have already occurred in the country. Only one Republican voted for this bill, and it was California Representative and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. We'll have to see how it goes in the Senate. That's a good segue into the climate victories. UN General Assembly member states overwhelmingly voted to adopt a historic resolution recognizing a clean, healthy environment as a human right. This resolution is not legally binding, but it can lead to future constitutional and legal changes. 169 countries are part of this assembly, which is an effective way to peer pressure each other. For example, in 2010, the assembly voted to consider sanitation and water human rights, and after, constitutional and legal changes took place relating to these rights in Costa Rica, Fiji, Mexico, Slovenia, Colombia, Canada, and France. In Mexico, over a thousand rural communities gained access to clean water. In Canada, more than 130 indigenous communities successfully fought for clean water on the basis of the vote. So we'll have to see how this new human's right vote will impact member countries. Over in the U.S., Hawaii just received its last shipment of coal hopefully ever, which is refreshing to hear with coal likely to tie with record global demand this year. The record was set in 2013. But Hawaii is done with coal. Its last coal-fired power plant is scheduled to close in September. The last plant is located in Oahu, and it makes the highest percentage of the island's power right now. It represented 18% of the state's energy in 2018. Renewable energy projects are set to take over the electricity demand, though there are bound to be a few bumps in the process. We've got one big climate fail today. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development released new data that revealed rich countries failing to reach the $100 billion towards climate finances they promised to provide every year starting in 2020. This money would go towards helping emerging economies transition to clean energy. We made this promise in 2009, so we've had 11 years to figure it out. We fell short by $17 billion, and previous research suggests that the U.S. is by far the reason behind this shortfall the organization predicts rich countries to reach the goal next year. The money so far has mostly been in the form of loans instead of grants, which is also not great. Of the money that was provided, though, 42% of it went to Asian countries, which is about right for the human population ratio, 26% went to African countries, and 17% went to Latin American countries. Most money went to middle-income countries, with 43% of the funding going towards lower-middle-income countries. Let's look back at the U.S. for one more climate victory story. Toyota and Panasonic agreed to buy lithium from Ioneer LTD's Nevada-based lithium mining project called Rhyolite Ridge. This is the second deal Ioneer has struck in less than a month as more companies are looking to make their clean energy projects American-made. More specifically, Toyota and Panasonic formed Prime Planet Energy and Solutions, through which the deal was formed. The mine will provide 4,000 tons of lithium carbonate annually for five years. Supplies are slated to begin in 2025. And that was your climate recap for Tuesday, August 2nd. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Beckosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.